Hey, all, and welcome to our last episode of the year. It's very exciting. Yeah, welcome to welcome back to Greater Greener Georgia. This is our first full year of releasing this podcast every other week, and we hope that you've enjoyed listening to all of our episodes from the past year. Yeah, thanks so much. And, you know, to wrap up this year, we really wanted to dive back into some of our own Alexis and I's favorite episodes of the year as kind of a fun way to remember all the cool things that we talked about um, over these past, what, 37 other episodes or 20 other episodes of this year, I guess. Yeah, and it was really cool, like scrolling back and, and looking at everything that we've done, because some of them, you know, I don't remember as much. And it's really cool. We've gotten to talk to some really cool people. Um, and we've learned a lot for sure. And so my favorite episode of the year was episode 19, which was our interview with Ravonda Cosby, who's the executive director of the Arabia Mountain Heritage Area Alliance and the leader of the DeKalb Beloved Naturalist Program. It was really cool to learn from her about it. She's an amazing person and community leader. Um, and I just loved learning about this program and how it's impacting the community. So let's take a listen to her interview. My name is Ravonda Cosby, and I'm the executive director of the Arabia Mountain Heritage Area Alliance, a very long word for a group that, that is uh, committed to conservation, historic preservation, and um, heritage tourism. Uh, I'm also a, a proud co-founder, along with almost 11 other folks of DeKalb Beloved Naturalists, and an engineer by trade with a background in green space and park planning. Uh, so that's, that's just a little bit about me. That is so cool. What like a unique combination of things you have going on there. Um, and so can you tell me a little bit more about the DeKalb Beloved Naturalist Program and like, how did that come to be? Did you come up with it or like, how did it all start? Well, it, it started as many things do with a conversation uh, between uh, myself and a lady that is known for being a catalyst in the uh, uh, environmental community, Sally Sears and I. And um, the observation was in our conversation was that um, there weren't a lot of opportunities on either the teaching side or the participant side for people of color and diverse populations to gain access to environmental stewardship and issues um, that, that often, um, you know, um, uh, you know, come up in their communities, be it if it's at, at your kid's school, if it's at your local park, if it's at the block in your neighborhood. And so after sitting in classes and being in some of those circles, we decided that we wanted to do something about it, that we knew enough um, uh, science-based uh, instructors that would take that challenge on to be very intentional and be inclusive uh, of those they taught. And um, so that, that's kind of what really started it all. Uh, almost not even, man, we, I have to say it to myself, less than a year ago. Yeah. Oh. So and so that, that was, that was really the, it was, it was, it was not seeing that and then coupling it, me being an engineer in, in you know, minority engineer at that, I, I already had a keen sense of underrepresentation in science and nature. And so when Sally brought that point to bear and we saw an opportunity that that's what we decided to do. And so can you tell me a little bit more about the program itself? Like, what does it entail? The people who are participating, what do they get to do? Well, um, what happens is over a six-month course, and the class just kicked off um, last um, Saturday, I think it was February, I don't want to be quoted on that date, but it, it, we just had our first initial course. So one Saturday a month for six hours, participants convene 
with some of the most talented lecturers in the metro Atlanta area and covered things from amphibians to wildlife to ecosystems, uh, climate change, uh, birding, and so in an intimate environment. And so what we wanted to do was in addition to having you have access to those quality people, take that conversation outside the classroom. So this first class was able to do that. And for each of those Saturdays that you participate, that's what you get to do. But what we're finding is that inside of that class, the folks that have signed up are as talented as the people that are teaching. And so that two-way conversation that's now going on, that give and take between people discovering second careers, um, leading their children from homeschool and classrooms for the first time, lifelong learners, um, attorneys, nurses, all types of folks have showed up in there. So that's what is really fueling the conversation around environmental stewardship and not just recognizing a terrain, but really knowing what you're seeing and putting some names to it, like spotting trees and spotting good signs of pollination and, and things of that nature. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and so, so you mentioned that it's just started this year. And so what has the response been? Like how did the first class go and what has there been any response from like the larger naturalist community? There has been, a we have we have some we have several naturalists on on our co-founding board. Uh, Robbie Astro, uh, Jonah, um, um, Jonah's name is going to escape me, so we got to fix that one. But that's okay. <laughs> the, we we have some really dynamic naturalists and steward environmental stewards in the class. But here's what. Here's what we believe is that we would be passionate about what we believe, be very intentional, create a strong science-based program that would uh, entice people to want to come out and learn. And they came out, Alexis. The class is full. Our goal was to have 20 participants. We have 22. We were also committed to wanting to see minority representation in the class. We have at least 33% of the participants that represent that box. We have women, we have an older age population or an active community uh, represented mm -hmm. in there. So um, the response has been overwhelming and the energy from our first instructor, Dr. Leslie Edward, if it is indicative of how contagious marrying folks to nature and, 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 and environmental uh, uh, you know, toolkits, how energizing it can be, then we are in store for five more amazing classes. And also there is a online component that you get to take um, uh, once a week, one Tuesday of every month, we also offer our lecture series uh, online. So participants are able to participate in that, in that manner as well. That's amazing. Um, and so, well, so you mentioned that you wanted 20 participants and you have 22, which kind of leads me into my next question, which is, is it too late to sign up for this year's course? If people are listening and are interested, are they going to have to wait until next year? They are. It's actually full this year, oh, but we awesome. are active. We are taking names for next year. We're excited about what that means. So what we wanted to do was really um, get it, get it right for this inaugural class to make certain that um, their feedback was put into that process of planning. So next year's class will be even stronger, but ne you will have to wait. It is it is completely full. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and are y'all looking for donations or anything to help support this year? Or is that also something that's already covered? Oh no, thank you for asking. We're absolutely looking for donations and sponsors. And so um, we're looking for, for um, uh, any organization or, or individuals to join us in covering um, tuition 
so that um, scholarships can be made available to participants as they apply. And that would allow us to make certain that the diversity of, of uh, all students is not limited. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways. There ta- there's a resource um, guide that we're putting together and some standard um, things that go in a backpack so that when you traverse the outside settings, you have what you need in that. That's another way to partner with us to promote the program um, is one of the things that we want to do through social media and other means. So that's a way to do it. And then to publish, uh, um, 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 you know, a, a report at the end of it that gives you an idea of what your dollars covered. So, uh, yeah, we would love to have your participation uh, and, and, and financial support. And a big thank you to all of the sponsors that have already joined us and uh, made this class of 22 even possible. Yeah. And so like, go for it, promote yourself. How can we find you? Like if people want to donate or even just follow along with what's going on, do y'all have a website or social media or anything uh, that will help people get more connected? You can, you can get to us at arabiaalliance.org backslash decab underscore beloved underscore naturalist. It's long, but if you just go out there and look us up on the Arabia Alliance website, that's the best way to get to it. So that's arabiaalliance.org. Awesome. Um, I did have one other question for you too, just maybe just out of my curiosity. How yes. did the name come to be for this program? Where does like beloved come from? I just really like that. Um, we, 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 as, as we searched programs like this, when we wanted to, to, you know, look at the credentials and how to put a certificate to this program, most of them were referred to as master naturalists. Mm. And for some reason, master in, 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 in creating an environment of inclusivity and, and, di- and diversity, we wanted to depart from that thinking yeah. entirely. <laughs> and so just not really as an afterthought. And then being at Atlanta, where we really give call to action, uh, it wasn't hard to envision that community that 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 could mean. And so beloved came naturally and I offered it to the group and we played around with it and it, and it really fit us. Um, I, the cab means a lot to us, but you don't have to just be in the cab to be in this program. But the cab beloved naturalist is a it's a mantra to assume it's it's an honor to take that word on and for, for people to um, already know what it envisions when you say a beloved community, one both of action and compassion uh, and inclusivity. So that kind of was it. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, you, well, I'm you. so excited for you and for the rest of the program to see how it goes this year and years into the future. And um, I just wanted to know if you had anything else you wanted to add that I didn't ask you that you wanted to make sure you mentioned. Oh, uh, let's see if I do. Um, yeah. Well, here's here's what I want people to leave with. And people say, why is this why is it so important to take classes like this? We we could do anything. A tree's a tree's a rock a rock, and, <laughs> and, and the world will renew itself. But once people see the magic um uh, that outdoors holds, they'll want more. Um we need more diversity in professions. And so the other thing is that when you can see yourself in a welcoming outdoor environment it's much easier to go contribute, to care about it, to teach and tell others. The connection and the magic between um, nature and and culturally rich landscapes and people is phenomenal. And it's just a a wonderful way to to get through this this life. I mean, I I think about post-pandemic, I think about the times that we're still in and these outdoor spaces, if nothing else, they came to life. 
They are common and connective tissue. And so I just want everyone to uh, uh, imagine that this, this class will create a community of naturalists that are empowered to restore, protect, and advocate on behalf of others. And so that, that is what um, the definition of a beloved community is for us. That was a great choice. Yeah, that was a really good interview. Um, and I I also picked an interview, kind of interesting enough, mm-hmm. um, which my favorite episode was episode 28. Um, and, you know, a little a background on it is we caught back up a year later with Dr. Treva Gear. And at the time of the interview, she was fighting against a wood pellet plant that was trying to be built in her hometown of Adel in their backyard predominantly um, minority community, low income community. Um, And she was part of her community run organization, Concerned Citizens of Cook County. Um, Yeah, again, this was a year after we initially met Dr. Gear while we were filming a documentary about Adel and their their fight against this wood pellet plant. Um, You can listen back to that initial episode and then also watch our documentary Abandoned Greed, Neglect and Environmental Justice in Adel on our YouTube channel. But here, let's listen to a follow up with Dr. Gear. Dr. Gear, you're back on the podcast for the second time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Happy to be here. <laughs> We're really excited to have you. And I I just kind of wanted to start off with kind of an introduction. And you have a new new job, new title now. And kind of what have you been up to in the last year with your new job at um and and the work you've been doing? Well, I am uh, now the Dogwood Alliance, uh Georgia campaign manager or kind of Georgia State coordinator, I would say. Uh, And what I do in that role is pretty much what we've been doing, kind of protecting communities against wood pellet plants and uh, the the degradation of forests and uh, the biomass industries that are slipping into our state, specifically uh, things like, uh, well, like the the two wood pellet plants that have been proposed for Adel, Georgia. So that was right in my uh, line of work that I was, I was already doing as a volunteer, just in my community and our organization. And now it's something that I do full time and I can really be a watchdog for the state of Georgia. So I'm, I'm excited. I started the job actually in June. Oh, so wow. I'm just, okay. yeah. Just fresh. Few, yeah, I'm a few months in, but I'm yeah. not fresh. Remember, I've been yeah, fighting yeah. fight for the past two years. So uh, I'm just actually getting to do it in a professional capacity at this point. So I'm, I'm excited. There's so many opportunities uh, for some wins in Georgia. Like you were saying, you've been doing this work for a really long time. And so we're wondering, how are the four C's doing? What's the latest with that group? Okay, well, yeah, we're still fighting consistently. Uh, we just recently heard about, because, um, you know, we have our local pollution issues that we continue to fight, you know, like the propane refurbishing company. But on the in terms of the wood pellet uh, plant, we recently, the second wood pellet plant spectrum, which would be the largest in the U.S., I know, and possibly largest in the world, producing 1,320,000 tons of pellets per year, mm. actually just received their was had their air permit issued in earlier this month, July, July 8th, I believe it was. So we're in a state of, okay, now we have to uh, start an opposition and awareness campaign against that because neither plant is here yet. The RBG plant has not even started up yet. 
So we're um, we're going to continue the work until we dissolve, you know, pr prevent either of those plants from coming. So having that permit issue, we have a couple of things that we can do and that we're looking at. We're working with, um, you know, the partners and uh, the Southern Environmental Law Center and uh, within and what's what we can do within Dogwood ourselves and working with our other partners to look at our opportunities. You know, we can appeal the permit. We can also file a Title VI complaint with the EPA if there's a potential for that. And that's based on the Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, stating that you can't do anything. You know, if you receive federal funds, you cannot uh, uh, do use, use those funds. Or if you're using those funds, you can't uh, cause disparate impact on a community that's uh, disparaged, a community of color, uh, those types of things. So, and lots of people don't know about Title VI, but it's one that could set precedents for other other environmental justice communities like ours. So it's not just um, it's not just about ADL. You know, each of these fights are not just about ADL. It's about setting the precedents and fighting and winning for other communities. When we win, we all win. Yeah. How has um you know your work new the new work with the Dogwood Alliance you know really has that given you some extra per perspective about what's happening other places in Georgia and have you brought that back to Adel with you or and how's that experience you're you know you're seeing all these other towns that are reminiscent of of Adel as well and you're kind of seeing them doing the same fight so how's that inspiring you to also bring it back to Adel um in your hometown and fight harder there well it's bringing uh, you know those those experiences are amazing in the sense and I'm glad you mentioned that I just recently visited, you know, there's five existing wood pellet plants in Georgia, as we know, one owned by Inviva, the other four owned by, and I think, uh, Fram, but uh, there's a other, other company in our state. However, and they're very close together, so I visited all five of these wood pellet plants, and, it, you know, same, same similar communities as ours, some people not even knowing what's happening to them, you know. In some in some cases, the the plant is out of sight, so it's not like you know in their back door. It's kind of like in a wooded area, so they don't really know what they're breathing, what they're smelling, or, or what's being made there. And so then I look back at Adel, and I, I look at how fortunate we have been in that aspect of being able to jump right in on some of these plants and have an awareness before they come to us. Uh, on another front, looking out of state at places like Gloucester, Mississippi. Uh, in North Northampton, North Carolina, and other places that have the plants sitting in their back door and they're dealing with the, the pollution and the health impact of these plants. And it makes me fight even harder. And I know I'm doing the right work. And I know that we at 4C, you know, the Concerned Citizens of Cook County, we're doing the right work. And we will fight and we will continue to fight until we get a, a, get a win somewhere. Of course. Yeah, it's kind of almost uh seeing into the future a little bit and bringing that inspiration you know gives you guys validation that you were doing you are doing the right things by stopping these plants and you know um i i wanted to shift a little bit like we in the documentary we talked about the propane facility and also about the abandoned the del cook lumber yard um do, is there any updates on on either of those like starting with the propane facility and then and then maybe if there's any movement on uh the Del Cook yard as well. 
And yes. I also wanted to ask about the the Bitcoin mining as well. I don't know if there's any changes on that front. Yes. Too. <laughs> yes. Oh my the gosh. <laughs> yeah. There's so much going on. So first of all, I want to thank you all for the documentary because that has that you know Black Voters Matters has been using it and sharing it and just it has really shared our story. We have people that still reach out to us and in instant messages because they saw the documentary and they were like, oh my gosh. Um, okay, since then we've reached out to the we reached out to the Department of um, Environmental Justice Department of EPA. We actually had a meeting with them because one of our meeting members, Ms. Celeste, actually consistently called Michael Reagan's office for four weeks and emailed until they got us a meeting, not with him, but with the EJ department. So that's been interesting because they weren't immediately to take any action, but wanted to kind of resource us. And, and so we're still working with them. Hopefully something will come of it. Uh, secondly, advanced cylinder and tank. Actually, Ms. Celeste brought it to a vote to actually cite the company for a nuisance because at the level of the EPD, there they hadn't done anything. We even missed, mentioned it to the EJ department of the EPA and they said, oh, they're functioning within their limits. But we're like, no, this air permit is very general. It's not talking about what's coming out of here. However, when Ms. Celeste, when this, uh, our councilwoman brought it to a vote, it was that they were, no one wanted to do it. Only she and Councilman Page wanted to um, cite them on this nuisance claim. And, it, and it's crazy because there, it shouldn't have had to go to a vote. So that's where we are on that because that's just written into their ordinances and with all the complaints, something should happen. So that's a continuous fight. Uh, on the Delcook Lumberyard, however, that is even more interesting that you, that you mentioned. It has been assumed the property has been purchased by uh, the individual who wanted to start blue sky biomass at the current spectrum site back in 2013, 2014. They have bought all that property. It is now called Global Biomass and Energy. That's the company that supposedly has bought it, Global Biomass and Energy, across the street from Spectrum. You know how close it's adjacent to the mm -hmm. Spectrum property. And they have put it in the Brownfield program. They've applied to have it put in the Brownfield program to do a cleanup of it. I don't know of what complete areas they're going to do because I don't think the, the, the pro, they haven't actually gotten in the program, but they've applied. And we, we're not sure what type of industry they're bringing because they don't have to tell what type of industry they're bringing into that area. They can clean up portions and then add more pollutants than there were before. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on there. So, um, And then with the Bitcoin mining industry, they're still bringing in more containers. Bringing in more containers is still just as, uh, just as loud. Uh, now they have some type of tree burn they started piling up dirt. Um, it's, it's really uh, ridiculous because you like, the physics of sound would tell anyone in their right mind that this little pile of dirt with some trees on top are not, it's not gonna stop sound. So that's where we're at with that. They still have a temporary site. I don't think they had the temporary site when you all were there, but now mm -hmm. they have a temporary site that houses about four containers in okay. town. Wow. Like in the town, yeah. That's so, the one that's different than I. There was one, there was two sites when we were there, so that now there's a third one. Okay, no, there's still two sites. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so it was there when y'all were there. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> they might have added a container or so out there, but yeah. Oh. So that's a continuous fight. And fortunately, there's a crypto mining uh, a group, a anti, you know, that's working uh, nationally. So we joined the kind of like a coalition of people who, and from New York, Texas. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, who are fighting 
the Bitcoin mining industry in their communities as well and are talking about the same thing. So we're, we've joined together in another coalition to work on that end. It's busy work. It's crazy. I kind of, I'm just curious on some of the, I guess, favorite characters of the documentary, if you want to call them that, you know, the, the Tiverons, um, you know, maybe if there's an update yeah. on them or uh, Alpha. I wanted to or, ask about the Tiverons too, yeah. just how they're doing with all that. Yeah, yeah maybe they, with the Bitcoin, how the Tiverons are doing. They are still highly frustrated. Um, we had some moves, you know, they talked with one of the uh, state reps, um, Representative Penny Houston, been in contact with them and in contact other reps to try to get something done. You know, we had some area that the city had um, annexed into the annex from the county and annexed into the city. I think it was with the race track. And so uh, Representative Houston wrote a bill and had that re-annexed back into uh, the county because it was, you know, it shouldn't have happened. So we were hoping that would that would lead to also dealing with some of the things in the way that county property, which like the, what the Bitcoin mining industry was annexed into the city. But they're still fighting. They're still calling. Uh, still calling the city, you know, calling the city and reporting those infractions. And we're just trying to find some leeway, some some glimmer of hope. Uh, there really needs to be uh, federal legislation and state legislation. There's no there's no controls on these um, industries and not to mention just the noise, but just the amount of energy that they're consuming uh, is, is rather ridiculous. And um, since then, that Bitcoin mining industry blockchain has actually extended to another city. They tried to go to Tifton, which is 30 miles north of us, but were able to get in Fitzgerald. So they are they have set up shop there to expand their operations. But the Tiburons are still unhappy, still frustrated. Uh, the noise is ridiculous. Mm. I just want to I just want to kind of wrap up, I guess, by saying, like, with the dogwood, is there what is. What, what is something that people listening can do with Dogwood Alliance or, or for the four C's um, just kind of to help out if they, they hear this or see the documentary, what kind of new things, if there's anything new they can do or sign or, or anything like that? Well, definitely go to the Dogwood Alliance website, um, dogwoodalliance.org. <clears throat> and, uh, and also you can follow us on Facebook. Go, to the, go, go and follow the Concerned Citizens of Cook County on Facebook. And keep abreast of what we're doing to see if there's any new action, because we hope that in the near future, as we um, compile a strategy, we don't have much time on the appeal that we'll need some community action. So we're just organizing around that to see what the target is, what we're going to do, what this looks like. And we're going to definitely be getting that, getting around beating foot in the community. But we definitely need that to happen because we're going to need probably some some uh, comfort, you know, contacting our legislators because. You know, this is a this biomass issue is a state issue. You know, the Georgia PSC just actually, uh, you know, Jay Shaw said, hey, don't um, what uh, didn't allow Georgia Power to expand their rooftop solar to the number of residents that and it wanted to that maximum number and then encouraged uh, that they re be required to use a certain amount of biomass. Mm. And. That, that, that's that's harmful to trees, that's harmful our, to our EJ communities. So I would just say, please watch our Facebook page, follow us on Facebook, Concerned Citizens of Cook County, uh, Dogwood Alliance, look for the Georgia actions and things that you can do and participate in, because there will be some actions coming within the next month. Miles, that was also a great choice. I, I loved getting to talk to Dr. Gear and hearing about everything that she's up to. 
Um, and yeah, we're just really lucky to have gotten to interview so many cool people on the podcast this year. And we've learned so much by researching different topics to talk about. And we also just want to thank you, our loyal listeners, for joining us on this journey of Greater Greener Georgia this year. Yeah. And I just had a thought of, you know, in the next year, if anyone does uh, that's listening has any thoughts or opinions on kind of what they want to hear on the podcast, or if they have any ideas about topics, just feel free to, you know, send us an email or I guess, you know, DM on, on Instagram or, or Twitter, and we'll, we'll check that out and shout you out. And maybe we can, you can be on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, GCV, we're going to take a much needed winter break for the next few weeks, but we'll be back with a ton of new content in the new year. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you.